0: Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Kirsten Diprose has combined her passions for supporting rural women and telling stories. A journalist for many years, Kirsten had been plotting her media career when love struck and she moved to Caramet in southwest Victoria, where she now lives and farms with her husband and two boys. She's the co-creator and co-host of Ducks on the Pond, a podcast by rural women for rural women about the realities of being a woman on the land. Hi, I'm Caroline Winter and in this chat, Kirsten shares her personal experiences around rural women's mental health and in particular, how to reduce the mental load when it gets too much. Kirsten Diprose, thank you for joining me in the AgVic Talk Studio.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, Kirsten, you're from South West Victoria. Tell us about how you found yourself living and working in this part of the state.
1: Yes, well, completely accidentally, I guess is how I would frame it. Um, it's a wonderful part of the world, so I'm really happy where I am. But I was working in Melbourne. Um, I'm from Sydney originally, and I got a cadetship with the ABC and moved to Melbourne and was really loving it there. I did do a year in Bendigo, came back to Melbourne, and then one night out, I met a farmer, and the rest is history. We got married, and I moved to a little town called Karamit, which is in between Hamilton and Warnable.
0: So this is a love story.
1: <laughs> yes, it is.
0: The stars aligned and the universe spoke loudly, obviously. That's right. So you live and work on the farm with your husband and your two boys, but you also still work in the media, though I understand you have a few other strings to your bow rather than just the ABC. So tell us about your Ducks on the Pond podcast, what it is and what motivated you to create it.
1: So I I still love producing content and telling stories, Um, it just still gives me such a great buzz and I officially left the ABC a couple of years ago although I still do a few things for them um, casually and you might see me sometimes on the weather or I do the Victorian Conversation Hour every so often as a a co-host so I do still enjoy being part of the ABC every now and then but these days I'm working I guess as an agriculture communicator and I've had a. a various freelance roles in that but Ducks on the Pond is my passion project and it's something I really really wanted to do for a long time and the last couple of years with COVID and homeschooling has made it really difficult to find that extra time but finally last year we got it together so I do it with Jackie Elliott who is another amazing rural woman in my area she lives in the southwest in Biaduck and she created Rural Women's Day which is this event and she's sort of. of made it this great big movement particularly on social media on on Instagram and so I thought she'd be a great person to do it with because you know she's got that audience already established of rural women and I called her up and put the idea to her and we went and had coffee and we chatted about it and we got along really well and I can see that she's quite a a, a funny smart woman so I thought great she's going to be perfect and it it almost nearly didn't happen because the day before we were going to record our first episode she ran me up and she said, I'm feeling really nervous. I'm not really good at public speaking. I don't think I can do it. I get really nervous when I interview people. And we had a chat about it and I just sort of gently... Pushed her anyway. Now she says she's very thankful, so um, she's loving it now, and now has the the confidence to go and do her own interviews and and put her stuff together, which is which is awesome. But yeah, the idea of Ducks on the Pond is a, a podcast for rural women by rural women because there's nothing out there that fits that bill. There are some fantastic rural podcasts and podcasts that feature rural women, which is is amazing. I, I can list many of them, and I and I love to listen to them. But our podcast is different in that we are specifically looking at issues and each podcast episode is a theme so it's really themed based we look at it could be something around business uh, or it could be around mental health Uh, we talk about physical health we talk about motherhood just basically issues from a rural women's perspective from that concept that life for us on the land is different to other people's lives. And I guess I just get tired of reading stuff or hearing stuff, you know, advice about how to do this or that. That doesn't fit my life. You know, the fact that it's a huge logistical challenge for us to do things. You know, I really have to plan my week, for example. I needed to get in contact with a doctor today and thank goodness for telehealth, which really only started it out of COVID. Otherwise, I'd have to take two hours out of my day to see the doctor. And that's the reality that we live in. We've got logistical challenges. Our role on the farm is something that's often being negotiated and worked out, whether that's succession planning to kind of just what we do day to day. There are just other challenges that we have, and it's a wonderful life, but it just doesn't fit the kind of mainstream life that most people lead. And so therefore, all of the the kind of advice stuff that I love to listen to podcasts about finance, about, you know, how to be successful at work and all of that stuff, but it doesn't quite fit. So that's what this podcast is about.
0: It sounds like the topics that resonate with you and, and Jackie, your co-host, are probably the ones that that make the lineup. I am curious though, the title, Ducks on the Pond, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> yes, it's an old shearing shed saying. So back in the 1800s in rural Australia, the men in the shearing shed would call out, Ducks on the Pond! if they saw a woman approaching so it was a way of saying to the men to the blokes around you okay curb your language and you know let's act appropriately because a lady is approaching (laughs) so that's the kind of kind of tip of the hat to that old saying and that we're we're having these conversations and and we're approaching so look out
0: (laughs) how fantastic I love it Kirsten which topics have been the most popular and and why
1: The two themes jump out at me so far uh, we're only in our second season now but the first one is business related so side hustle side projects I think there are a lot of rural women who are really excited by the ease of technology and access to business that we have now it's really exciting uh, the the other main issue is mental health and we've done three episodes now that have been very successful that are on mental health um, One of them was about juggling the mental load and recently we've done one about postnatal depression and then another one about how we can best help the men in our lives with their mental health given that men and women are are different and we communicate differently so how do we kind of bridge that gap?
0: I'd like to go into some detail about the episode on the mental load. I'm sure it's a topic many women can identify with so... Can you tell me what is the mental load and why did you want to discuss it?
1: The mental load is, oh, I've got to pick up the kids, uh, pick up the dry cleaning. I'm going to pick up that pie for dinner. I'll drop off the present to my friend, and then I'll take the kids to swimming tomorrow. I've got to remember that I've got that work meeting, and you know, so that's the mental load. It's that constant kind of battle that's going on in your mind with all of the things, be them little, be they small. And I think women really notice it when they have kids because they go from usually working full time, whether that's on farm or off farm. And all you really have to think about is work. And so you go into work and everything's kind of there and you're thinking about work and everything's work related. And there's not too much that you have to do outside of life. And then you have kids and suddenly they've got appointments, they've got dance class or soccer or whatever. There's all sorts of things to do around managing their lives, your life, um, often your husband's life as well, uh, as well as all of the stuff that you do for your job. And it can be really overwhelming. And you know, it's those small things. It's about what are we having for dinner tonight? It's just that constant stream of having to think ahead, plan ahead. And it means that you end up in this place of anxiety because you're thinking, of the future. And we all know that well-being teaches us or mindfulness teaches us that we're happy when we're in the moment. That's when we're focused and centered. If you're living in the past or you're living in the future, you're not going to be happy. And when you've got the mental load, you're constantly being forced to live in the future.
0: I've heard the mental load described as invisible and you've described it really well there. It's kind of that type of work that's done internally. And because of that, it's hard to recognise. Is that something that resonates with the women that you've discussed it with?
1: Absolutely. We're, we're having these internal conversations with ourselves all the time, and, and no one can see it. And most of the women who I've spoken to, you know, they are absolute rock star women and they are achieving so much. You know, I see them doing so many things. And we all know those women who, who we love and we go, gosh, they've got it together, you know. And each one I've spoken to them have had a point in their lives where they've gone, you know what, I'm not okay. I've got too much on my plate. I need to change this, I need some help. You know, they've realised that asking for help... Is okay. You're allowed to do that, um, whether that's from your partner or it's kind of outsourcing jobs. You know, I'm a big one to say, if you can afford a cleaner and that's going to help you, then get one. You know, don't be hung up about feeling like you have to do everything. There's only so much time in a day. You need to prioritise what's important to you, what's important to your mental health. And if it's going for a walk, you shouldn't let that drop to the bottom of the list because you've got to clean the house and work and pick up the kids and whatever. There's a certain amount of things that need to get done, so work out who's around who can help you and ask yourself, does that really need to get done today or what's the level of priority for that? Personally, I am a big planner and I plan out my week. Uh, every week I set aside time and I call it time to deal with the mental load because you don't want to be thinking about all of those things all of the time. So I put everything in my phone calendar, like all of the basic things from picking kids up, you know, even that's something I do nearly every day. That's in there, right? Because it's it's it exists and it's time out and I need to know where I am to work meetings, to, you know, buying a present for the new baby that your friends had to all of those things. And I just have it planned and and I do it once a week and I try and plan out two weeks ahead. And obviously life isn't perfect in that you have two weeks and you know everything that's going to happen. It doesn't work like that. But at least you've got things that are already set in stone that you can plan around and it really boosts your productivity. And like I'm someone who likes to get stuff done. And, you know, this really, really helps me achieve that. And it makes me feel good because I'm getting it done. And it also takes the weight off my mind. It's literally taking that thing out of my brain and putting it in the diary. I've allocated time for it. So I don't need to think about it because I'm doing it on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. So I don't need to be thinking about it on Monday at 9am while I'm driving to work. Some great tips
0: there. Kirsten, do you feel like the mental load is exacerbated for women in rural communities like yours?
1: Absolutely. And logistics, as I I mentioned earlier, is one of those reasons, just that so much of our time can be spent driving in a car and you feel like it's lost time. You know, I try and use it to make some phone calls or do something productive like that, or I listen to podcasts, which I love to do, but you take time out of your day just to get around and that makes it harder. I think there's still an expectation on on, on women, full stop, but on rural women as well, to really be the ones who are... Providing the food and organising the community or just the social events, very much so. It's the women who are the ones that are organising the Red Cross meeting and the hall meeting and they're the ones who will bring the food and organising that. And it's not to say that the men don't do work because they do. They're often the ones that are doing the kind of handiwork or, you know, the CFA volunteers. So it's not like they don't do any work. But there is still sort of that gender role that I find in rural areas that still exists. And as we women become more active in either the farming business or off farm in our own roles, and we take on those senior positions, we're still expected to do a lot of those caring roles, the cooking, the cleaning, you know, the the presentation of something is still up to us. And it's just, where do we find the time? The kids are still up to us. You know, we're we're, we're meant to have that sort of mental diary the whole time of where they need to be and when. And I think a lot of men, you know, like let's be generous to men. (laughs) And I think maybe they don't realise it because they don't have to. And in a recent podcast, actually, I spoke to Mary O'Brien, who's fantastic. She's from Are You Bogged Mate? Or she founded it. And she gets men and she talks about how men are often in this protector provider mode. And so they're very much focused on the farm, on the business, you know, their number one focus is about being the provider, making sure you're fed and clothed. And that was a light bulb for me because it made me think, okay, that's perhaps why they're not immediately thinking about the household and the kids. They're not necessarily cognizant all the time that, you know, I might be at home trying to bath the kids and get dinner on the table and gee, I would really love some help with that. Not saying that they could change (laughs) but the other thing is we just need to be obvious about it I think we as women sometimes expect people to know what we're thinking and you can't expect that of anyone and particularly men Um, (laughs) just be obvious say I'm really struggling I would like if possible and farming is so hard because of the unpredictable hours but you've got to work something out just to say Tuesday and Thursday can we make it your responsibility to pick the kids up and unpack their lunches And whatever, so that I know I don't have to do that and take that off my plate and free up that time for something else. And you tell them in a really practical way, like instead of like we women, we get really caught up with emotions and I am guilty of it, you know, with the best of them. But if you come to your partner with a solution and you say, you know, I love to go for a walk, and my husband was like, Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. So we found time on the calendar that I could go for a walk, you know, that he could be home with the kids so I could just go for a walk for an hour. And if you give practical solutions, this is what I want it for, be it work or something, you know, that's supportive of your mental and physical well-being. you'll find that your, your partner, who's your, your team player, you know, who actually is, you know, wanting you to be happy, should, should be there with you. I'm curious, though, there
0: is a lot of literature and commentary about the mental load. In your opinion, how is it then that women end up carrying the burden of the mental load?
1: It goes back to history. Obviously, historically women did all those jobs. They looked after the kids, they organised the kids' lives and the household jobs from the cleaning to the cooking and a lot of the volunteer work. And And that was because they weren't working, but now they are. So something needs to shift now that our society has shifted. Those roles don't exactly fit the way that they used to and yet they still really persist. And I, I guess to borrow on feminist theory really, which you know, talks about the public and the private sphere. And traditionally, you know, the, the public sphere is work. You know, it's public life. It's the politician making decisions. It's business. It's all of that sort of stuff. And that was men's domain. And women's domain was the private sphere, which was all of the household stuff. And that's what I'm aiming to do in my my podcast is to really dismantle those notions of public and private. And particularly in farming, it really makes sense because in farming the public and the private is has always been merged. You know, how often does the business meeting happen around the coffee table in the in the house? You know, you make big decisions about what crops you're going to grow that year in your house. And instead of just making the tea and coffee, women are sitting at the table as well and also deciding what crops you're going to grow this year. But they're still often making the coffee and and the scones as well. But it's dismantling this idea, and that's why we talk about mental health too, that that there's just these two completely separate worlds because they're not, you know. We've all got kids, we've all got to eat dinner, someone's got to do the job, and all of those jobs are equal. Um, so how we choose to divide it up doesn't matter. You know, to me, there's no divide and there shouldn't be. We've all got to live. And and indeed, that's how I now prioritise my life and, and my calendar. There's a mixture of personal and private happening interchangeably all the time every job has value in a farming business every job has value just in in society you know, if you're adding value to the business by picking the kids up and getting dinner on the table, then you're freeing up time for your partner to be working on the farm or vice versa. If you're the one who's on the tractor that evening, then your partner should be at home bathing the kids and, you know, getting dinner on the table. And and it's just about who does what, you know, what's easier, what makes sense. And really what you're saying by all of this is is their strategies to
0: help lighten the load in everybody's basket. We often talk about mental health through the lens of depression or anxiety. How is the mental load different though and what kind of impacts can it have on a person if the mental load gets too much?
1: So I think... You know, it can lead to anxiety or depression. I mentioned before, if you're thinking about the mental load all the time, you're living in the future. So you're thinking about the things that you've got to do tomorrow, next week, this afternoon. If you let those thoughts start to govern you, and look, I suppose talking from experience, I had postnatal depression when my first child was born. So Harry's seven now, but when he was born, I think, you know, there were a lot of risk factors for me. I literally just moved to the farm and, you know, I just found the whole experience overwhelming. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get everything done. You know, I wish I knew that it really wasn't realistic for anyone who's got a newborn to be there, like getting dinner on the table, keeping the clean house, um, looking after the baby, you know, you're not sleeping properly, your hormones, sorry, your hormones are all over the shop. I just thought that I could live like normal but with a baby for some reason. And it was insane and and I was just setting myself up to fail and I really, it started making me think bad things about myself, you know. Like I thought that because I couldn't do this, it led to some really bad thinking patterns that, you know, I wasn't worthy, I wasn't, you know, achieving, I wasn't good at this, all of these things. And it just snowballed. And then when I finally got the help that I needed, like I, I get really sad when I think about it now because... To think that I thought so low of myself, it's really heartbreaking, you know? And then I know that people feel like that. And what's happening is your brain is not working properly. Your brain is sick and it's telling you lies. You need to see someone and once you do, that cloud slowly lifts and you become yourself again and it's wonderful. That's quite a story.
0: Kirsten, so much of our chat about the mental load has resonated with me and I'm sure it will with other women. Kirsten Diprose, some great advice there. Thank you again for joining me in the Ag Vic Talk studio.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. You can listen to Ducks on the Pond wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to Ag Vic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.